attention all listeners to the Null Space. We, you will be currently listening to an interesting interview with the CEO of the TTC, Andy Byford. Yes, you heard that correctly. The, T- the TTC CEO, Andy Byford, is sitting right across me at TTC headquarters. Andy, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. So you are the CEO of the third largest uh, transportation network in North America. Well, I want to start like way back in the sure. day. Uh, when you were a kid, what what were mm-hmm. your dreams? Like, what did you want to be? Um, well, I mean, uh, I, I think my earliest recollection, because I grew up in the West Country of England, and we, our house backed onto a uh, bunch of open fields. And my parents tell me, and I vaguely remember this, uh, my initial or my first ever aspiration was to be a shepherd, actually, or cowherd, because uh, there was a whole load of cows in the back. But, but I quickly moved on from that. Um, I grew up in Plymouth in Devon, which is a Navy city. The Royal Marines and the Royal Navy are based there. And it is, uh, it's home to the, the largest Navy base in Western Europe. So I've always enjoyed being at sea. I thought long and hard after finishing my um, secondary school, I thought long and hard about going into the Royal Navy or going into the Merchant Navy, actually. Um, And I did look into that. And uh, that was certainly my initial dream to to actually go to sea. For various reasons, I didn't do that and ended up going to university where I studied languages, French and German, modern languages, a joint honours degree at at the University of Leicester. Uh, And then after that, my career took a different path. Now, your grandfather was a bus driver, right? He was. He was a bus driver for 40 years. He, he operated out of Loughton Garage in London, so he worked for London Transport. And subsequent to that, a few years later, my dad worked for London Transport, albeit in a, in a, an administrative function. And, and then things came full circle when I ended up working for London Transport and its subsidiary, London Underground, um, in a, in a, a few years after that. So uh, it kind of runs in our blood. I'm very proud of the fact that my grandfather was a bus driver, that he did do that service. How I came to join the Tube is, is kind of a story in itself. Having um, finished at university, I applied to, initially I applied to the Foreign Office actually, because with my degree being in languages, I've always in, in, enjoyed travel. It's something my wife and I do a lot. And I thought um, that the Foreign Office would be something to aspire to. It's very difficult to get into, but I passed the civil service exams and went to a final interview at Whitehall, which was quite uh, quite the um, the challenge because you were up against three Mandarins who clearly uh, were only interested in Oxbridge uh, uh, students, not University of Leicester, although Leicester's a very good school. But the, um, they did say, fine, uh, not the Foreign Office, but you can have your choice of any other... Uh, civil service department. So I actually uh, was offered a job as a customs officer in Her Majesty's Customs and Excise, which which I was very interested in because that also was partly to do with the sea. I had this I had it in mind that I'd spend a bit of time at Dover going through people's luggage, but then um, end up going to sea. Again, for various reasons, that didn't work out, mainly because they took so long to sort out my posting that uh, purely um, as, a, as a backup, I went to a careers fair where there was a stand uh, inviting applications to join London Underground. Mindful of the family history of London Transport, I talked to them and I re- realized pretty quickly that was my calling. Uh, I dropped the customs next. I said I wasn't going to go there, uh, signed up for the tube, and here I am 26 years later. So I I bet your grandfather would be like proud now of where you are. What do you remember the most about him? I, I he died when I was pretty young. Actually, I do remember him, uh, and we have uh, within the family we've still got uh, treasured possessions from his time with London Transport: his cap badge, his forty-year certificate. Uh, I think um, 
he would be proud of the fact that you know I, I work in transit that, that I, and I still pinch myself really that somehow I've ended up as CEO of the third largest transit in North America um, I think he'd also be proud as is my dad of the time I spent on the tube that was a very happy time in my career and um, it, it certainly stood me in good stead for what I'm doing today yeah like you, you did French and German you said that he, uh, in university I did do you feel how has that helped you have you ever used the um, knowledge of knowing different sure, languages. Absolutely. Uh, so I did a four-year on a joint honours degree at Leicester and that included living in France for a year which was fabulous. That was my uh, year abroad. I lived in a place called Pau, P-A-U in southwest France with, um, and lived in a beautiful apartment with a view of the Pyrenees Mountains and, and that really helped me uh, learn how to speak French properly not just from a textbook but actually um, common um, common French and, and everyday French and then I spent a bit of time then in Germany in a beautiful place called Tübingen in southwest Germany uh, where I refined my German uh, it's actually very useful not only when I was at King's Cross I was a group station manager at King's Cross um, on occasions it used to be quite amusing in many ways I'd get my uh, station supervisors would phone me up in my office and say Gov can you come down to the ops room because we've got someone some Italian person here who we can't understand what they're saying but we think they might have lost something so I'd, okay fine I don't speak Italian but I'll come down and, and see what I can do um, I'd go down to the ops room and find out within one second five seconds they weren't Italian they were actually French <laughs> uh, so I would then be able to speak with them and uh, find out what it was they wanted offer them advice etc etc here in Canada the CBC, for starters, love the fact that I speak fluent French because this is a bilingual country. So I use French almost on a daily basis now. It's a little rusty when I got back to uh, to using it, but uh, I've done many an interview now, live interview pre-records on CBC, and they certainly appreciate the fact that I can speak the language. So you started in London, and then you went to Sydney, mm -hmm. and now you're here. What are some similarities and differences? So in terms of the differences, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. The, 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 the challenge of transit is fairly germane. It is move, it's logistics. It's having the right crews with the right um, uh, vehicle uh, training and vehicle competence on the right route at the right time every day and moving customers from A to B. It's excelling in customer service. It is uh, excelling at safety. Uh, and it's effectively Groundhog Day uh, running a transit company in that you do the same thing every day, but you should set out to do it better than you did the day before. So um, lots of similarities, uh, more politics here than I've ever encountered. The, uh, the jobs in Sydney and in London, I encountered politicians, but I, I didn't report to them. Uh, this is quite the challenge, actually, uh, working with uh, a very political environment and a very media-rich environment here, actually. Like you come here and your mandate is to make uh, Toronto proud of its mm -hmm. transit system. We set that. So when I came here, there was no corporate plan. There was I was taken aback to find that there was no written strategic plan. Like there was no mission. No, nope. there were no there was no mission statement, no vision statement, no customer facing KPIs, no customer charter, no corporate plan. So we fixed all of that. Those are absolute basics. So the way I describe my time to date, I arrived as the chief operating officer in 2011, um, and it was quite the baptism of fire, really, because my um, the original plan was that I would shadow the uh, former chief general manager, a guy called Gary Webster, that I would follow him, shadow him for around a year. He was planning on retiring after that point, and provided I did a good job and the commissioners liked me, I would have then acceded to the uh, chief uh, general manager, as it was called then, job. 
as we all know. Also, those first three months, I really set about what I call basics. Uh, I immediately noticed the trains were absolutely filthy. Why? Because gar uh, because literally garbage went up and down on the trains all day. Um, and it was, to me, a complete no-brainer. I just asked, why was that? But it was patently obvious to me why it was. We only litter-picked the trains at night, which was ridiculous. So I was given every excuse under the sun as to why it was impossible to move the cleaners off nights on today's. I didn't accept that. Uh, we duly did that. We now have uh, end-of-line terminal cleaners at Finch and at Kennedy who dive onto the trains between runs um, off-peak every second run, so the trains are demonstrably cleaner. I thought other aspects of this of the subway were squalid. I went around in my first three months taking pictures of booths, collectors' booths, covered in um, handwritten notices. You don't see that anymore. The trackside walls were filthy. Uh, there were the most basic and obvious defects. There was no... Um, there was no real pride, I didn't think. I mean, the staff individually had pride, but we seem to have lost our way. Um, but then after three months, what was supposed to be a one-year tra gradual transition to possibly taking over, of course, politics intervened. With no notice, my boss was uh, removed from the job and I was elevated initially into an acting uh, uh, position and subsequently I was lucky enough to get the job. But in my first week in, the, in acting, uh, one of my collectors was shot at DuPont Station Thankfully, he survived and he's now okay. Uh, in the second week, there was a big flood at Union Station, but that's where my operational background kicked in. I knew exactly what we needed to do, and it's all about leading from the front. So, um, quite the baptism of fire. I would then, I would then say, 2012 was all about uh, getting this company uh, stabilised after the upheaval of having its boss removed. About um, putting some pride back into the job, getting some basics right, launching a customer charter, um, really sorting out the management team. 2013 was about launching our uh, newly created uh, st uh, strategic plan, which sets out what we're going to achieve over five years between 2013 and, se and 2017. 2014 was uh, was uh, negotiating with our unions for four-year deals, which we successfully did. Uh, and 2015 is really just now pushing on with five, uh, effectively five mega projects. Uh, so it's never a dull moment. I've loved every minute of it. That sounds as, what are those five projects you were talking about? What okay, so in addition to the uh, to the huge challenge of running the TTC daily, uh, and, and I'd say there we're kind of triple whammy because we're carrying ever more people, exponentially more people, on an ever-aging infrastructure on the lowest subsidy in North America. Uh, in addition to the uh, to that daily challenge, uh, we have five mega projects. So those uh, five mega projects are number one to uh, uh, deliver, to introduce into service 204 state-of-the-art, brand new, fully accessible, air-conditioned, uh, low-floor streetcars with an associated new garage or new barns down at Leslie Street in a connecting track. Number two, to roll out the Presto smart card system across the whole of the TTC. Number three, to re-signal line one to provide automatic train control and therefore enable us to run trains closer together. Number four, to complete the Spadina extension up to York Region. And number five, something that is my signature policy, to fundamentally change the culture at the TTC to one that is uh, universally and consistently uh, excellent in terms of customer service. The structure was being renewed before I got here. The new streetcars were on order. The, uh, the new rocket trains were beginning to be rolled out. To me, you cannot be world class unless 
uh, the customer ends up feeling valued. So it's got to be way more than just buying new vehicles. So those five mega projects are receiving intense attention here, co uh, coincidentally. Uh, on top of those, for 2015, we had one more mega project, if you like, that we absolutely had to get right, and we did so flawlessly, which was to deliver the Pan Am Games transit service. So I'm very proud of my team for doing that. Wow. Uh, and like you said, you you lead the line from the front. You're one of the most communicative CEOs out there. You're always you're always in the middle of the storm. Why do you feel you have to do that? Why can't you let like someone else go? Sure. Well, I felt when I got here, there were a number of things that I really felt quite strongly. There was a bit of a siege mentality about the head office. It was almost as though uh, the drawbridge had been drawn up and the, the, there was a lot of bad news in those days. You know, one bad news story after another on the front of the Toronto Sun and other, other media. Uh, and I think the worst thing that you can do is hunker down and, and just hide from the public and, and just try to contain bad news. You've got to own it. You've got to be out front with it. The second thing I felt very strongly was there was an almost uh, associated with that an air of resignation. People had almost given up. It was like we're, you know, we're everyone hates us. We're, you know, we're we're bad. We can't pull out of this. And my mantra to my team was absolutely yes, we can. You've got to believe in it. You've got to have something to rally around. So that's why we developed the corporate plan. Um, and I I I personally led eighty three employee town halls. Uh, around the property at 2 a.m. in garages, at 4 a.m. in streetcar divisions to launch that corporate plan and basically say to my to, to frontline troops, we got around 9,000 staff out of 14,000 staff we actually did town halls for, to basically say this is what it could look like if we all pull together. Because the TTC staff inherently want to do a good job. Contrary to the way they're depicted, most of the staff are good as gold. Most of the staff are, inten are intensely proud of what they do. Uh, they are intensely proud of the TTC and they want to do a good job. I felt they just needed better leadership, they needed inspiration, uh, and they needed to understand, have a common understanding of what it is we're achieving. So I was saying to them, let's cut out the silly stuff and let's silence our critics and defy the skeptics uh, by demonstrating that if we um, pull together, we can absolutely transform the system. And I think we're making good progress along that journey. Another reason I'm up front is I think that the, the public have a right to know who runs the TTC. I mean, you know, my boss is, is a politician, but I head up the staff side. And so I think you've got a right. You're paying my wages. You have a right to know who is the CEO, what are they doing on your behalf. So I write an article in the in one of the free newspapers every Friday. I make it myself available to the media. I, I'm very accessible to customers. I ride the TTC every day. I've never owned a car. I, the customers see me with my name badge on. I rely on the TTC. So for me, it was um, incredibly important to uh, to be the public face of the, of the TTC to show accountability. I think the tragedy of the TTC is that where the city has grown exponentially over the last 20 years, the transit system just hasn't kept pace. Um, you know, we, we, used to, we used to be the pride of North America. I want to get us back to that. It's within our grasp. But having said all of that, I think we're given a bad rap. I think a lot of our critics have never been anywhere else. A lot of people who say, oh, the TTC is like a third world system. Well, they clearly haven't been to the third world. Because let's look, let's look at facts. At the end of the day, we run service 24-7. Uh, there's a blue night network of streetcars and buses. You can get from McCowan to Pearson for $3. I think that's pretty good value. I think our staff work miracles with what they're given. We keep our buses longer than any other transit network. We keep them 18 years. Most transit networks get rid of them for 12, after 12 years. We have a blacksmith. Why do we have a blacksmith? We don't have any horses because we make our own parts to keep the old streetcars going. 
and and the, you know the the actual underlying fabric is ancient so i think even if we were to do nothing our staff are absolute miracle workers i'm intensely proud of them and you go to a lot of these american cities and and there's only really a pulse of activity in the morning and the evening peak but we actually provide service uh, all day so I think the TTC is even today way better than it's given credit for. But my job is to advocate to make it better. Um, one of my absolute things I'm most proud of is that after an intense lobbying campaign, we did secure extra funding. I'm very pleased with and grateful to the mayor and the city council for giving us $95 million extra in the 2015 budget after a lot of lobbying on our part to provide extra service so that we can add back the cuts that were made in 2012. Well, one thing I'm very proud of is that people do come up to me unsolicited and say, oh, Mr. Byford, you're doing a good job. My stock response sincerely meant is it's a team effort. It's not me. You know, I tend to get the feedback because yeah. of the job I do and who I am, but it's a team effort. We are absolutely focusing on basics. We've had um, a big push on ba what I call basics, like the, t the time it takes to turn around trains at terminals, on crew changeovers en route at places like Eglinton and Cotswell. On the surface, I've brought in new management to uh, tackle once and for all the curse of bunching, gapping and consequential short turning. And we've had a blitz on the 512 St. Clair and the uh, 29 Dufferin bus because we're on an all-out crusade on basics. Is the job finished? No way. Uh, this week, uh, as a case in point, there's been far too many signal failures and track problems on line two in the Victoria Park area. And later this morning, I've got a challenge meeting with my team to get to the bottom of that. So in addition to the mega projects, the day job never goes away, but we're relentlessly focused on driving up performance and customer satisfaction. Wow. And uh, how, how is the TTC and how do you think public transit is, uh, what's the role it's playing in one of the biggest issues of our time, which is climate change? Sure. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is the green alternative. I mean, we do we do use uh, energy. We're one of the biggest uh, users of energy in the city, both in terms of electricity for the subway, uh, but also in terms of diesel uh, for our bus fleets. But uh, at the end of the day, um, there's a great graphic we use sometimes, which shows uh, an image of a Toronto street if there was no transit. Uh, it absolutely clogged with cars with single occupants. You can then pair that down to uh, just uh, all those uh, all, the, all all those individuals in those cars getting onto just one bus or streetcar, and suddenly it's just one vehicle taking the place of say a uh, hundred vehicles. So I think um, we're clearly the greener alternative. We you know we've got to make the service right, though, to make it attractive, and that's both in terms of um, not making it overly expensive. Uh, but also making it reliable so that people flock to the TTC. The good news is that uh, the customer satisfaction scores are at a record level. Uh, in quarter two of this year, we hit 79%, which was the best, equaled the best we'd ever achieved. And the key to customer sat is to keeping it at a high level. Quarter three scores, which are just in, took us up to a new high of 81%. And that's 81% of people saying the service is excellent or good. And we want to keep it that way. So, uh, you know, uh, people are... Um, recognizing I think that it is becoming more uh, more reliable and if that means that they are then uh, exercising their green credentials then that's good news. What makes Toronto the TTC and Torontonians different? I think 
the one thing that strikes me in this city is everyone has an opinion about transit more so than anywhere I've ever worked. So everyone's got a view on the TTC. Everyone's got um, ideas on how it should be uh, better run. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm the Leafs coach because everyone's um, coaching from the bench, and uh, I think most people think that they could run it better than we could. And I actually welcome that. I like the fact that Torontonians have such passion uh, for transit. I can leverage that with politicians to say, look, you know, this this is something that really matters to people. It was the dominant. Uh, subject in the recent mayoral election so you know everyone everyone cares about it so I think um, that's the the primary thing I would notice Uh, I think also people are very quick here to voice their opinions it's certainly a a tough environment in which to work at the moment the sometimes the criticism feels relentless Uh, I I have to have a very thick skin in my job and and also uh, I make a point of if no one is going to praise us and, and there was a bit of a deafening silence after the Pan Am Games. You know, we did a really good job, but it was kind of no one really said anything. Well, I did. And I said to the staff, even if uh, the media and uh, maybe even City Hall are kind of silent on, on what a good job we did. Well, I noticed. So I made a point of uh, recording a video for the staff and also um, going around the property to just say, great job. Well done. Wow. Wow. Like, yeah, you guys deserve a lot of credit. I, and I think it's one of those businesses where if if nothing bad happens, no one gives you credit. Sure, credit. And, and fair enough, because that's our job, right? We, yeah. We're not looking for, for praise. We're not looking for uh, to be patted on the back for merely doing our jobs. I mean, it, it is nice on occasions that someone says, you know what, it's definitely getting better. What encourages me is that people do say that, and the, the customer satisfaction scores certainly show that. I know that things will get better still. We, are, we have these well-documented problems with Bombardier, but the 10 streetcars that are in service are fantastic. They are doing double the already very high target of reliability that we set for them. So I think actually the future is very bright. I think that um, a lot of the foundational work we're doing that is not that visible to customers, but uh, working on processes, customer-led processes, and on just importing better managers, I think will really bear fruit in just a few years' time. And finally, what, what do you want your legacy to be when you leave the TTC? What um, do you want to be remembered for? Well, I would hope that... I would hope it it wouldn't be about me per se. I would just hope that the legacy would be that we had put the pride back into the TTC and and, um, that the pride never went from the staff. The staff are rightly proud of it, but I would certainly want that uh, we would have delivered on our uh, vision, which is a transit system that makes Toronto proud. I uh, have a burning desire that we get back to being seen to be the best transit system in North America. I think that that's eminently possible. Uh, I think we're on, a, on, on the right path. Uh, I would like to think I gave the company back its confidence and its self-belief after what was a very difficult period when I took over. Okay, Andy Byford, thank you so much for your time. Andy Byford is a man on a mission to make the TTC the better way. And he is doing a pretty good job of it. Thank Thank you. you.